Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com. New technologies, shifting politics, challenges to freedom. Does it feel like today's world is changing so fast it's impossible to keep up? 21 Lessons for the 21st Century is the new book by Yuval Noah Harari, the author of The Global Phenomenon, Sapiens. It's an insightful guide to our times and a book to inspire and inform all ages this Christmas. 21 Lessons for the 21st Century is out now in paperback. Brought to you by Vintage. New technologies, shifting politics, challenges to freedom. Does it feel like today's world is changing so fast it's impossible to keep up? 21 Lessons for the 21st Century is the new book by Yuval Noah Harari, the author of The Global Phenomenon, Sapiens. It's an insightful guide to our times and a book to inspire and inform all ages this Christmas. 21 Lessons for the 21st Century is out now in paperback. Brought to you by Vintage. Today, I'm in conversation with Alex Reeds, host of the award-winning podcast Mostly Lit and of his own and new show, What Matters. In all of his work, Alex demonstrates his capacity for a deep and searching self-reflection, that most vital of exercises in living a good and fulsome life. What I perhaps love most about Alex is his ability to help us in holding up a mirror to ourselves, to understand better who we are, what we want, and where we're going. A conversation is one of reconnecting with the child within, the process of finding and maintaining happiness and healing. He's someone I've admired from a distance, and so I'm honored to finally share this moment with him and with you. I'm Josh Rivers, and I'm Busy Being Black with Alex Reeds. So thank you so much for being here, you're someone I've admired from a distance, uh, and so it's nice to finally make the the in person connection. No worries, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Like it's a huge honor, to be honest. Because I've been seeing you doing your stuff as well, and like you've been out here being a socialite, doing all the stuff <laughs> that you've got to do, you know. So um, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. So happy to be here. Um, w- what I really like about um, your body of work is how expansive it is. And when I say expansive, what I mean to say is how deep you go into what it means to be, live, think. Mm-hmm. And so I'd actually like to start with a really big question today. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, to be honest, I don't actually know at the minute. And the thing is, and that's why I kind of do what I do, because I'm still trying to figure it all out. And I think it's kind of like one of our biggest, biggest journeys and our biggest jobs on this planet in this world at this moment in the life we're living at the moment is to kind of just figure out who we are what we're doing and kind of come up with our own meaning because nobody's meaning is, is the same mm-hmm. in each one in like each lifetime I guess do you know what I'm saying totally so if you've got so what my meaning of life will com- be completely different to yours Josh mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying yeah, totally. so it's just literally about just trying to make the best 
of each life <laughs> that we that we live and like just try and live it with, with as much love and peace as we can you know what I mean like it's not when I look around and I see kind of in this world of like social media and all the stuff that we kind of that that I see on there like the kind of the pretty much the violent messaging the tweets like the the shade all of that stuff and this dragging and cancel culture and all of that when I see all of that I'm thinking well guys there's so much more to what we're doing like you know we're not stuck in this vacuum of just nonsense and just fast moving noise and mm. just tweets and trying to get on trying to one up one another do you know what I mean yeah and it, it, it begs the question about social media. I mean, I think that we're all as a generation trying to figure out how we live and thrive in the social media age, right? Because on the one hand, it's a great resource for keeping up and um, getting news quickly. Yeah. And how are you figuring out how to find yourself in the age that we're living in with all of the attendant baggage that comes with blackness as well? Mm-hmm. What are you learning about this process about finding ourselves? Finding ourselves. I said this the other day to one of my friends, actually. Like, I have a bit of an issue with the idea of finding yourself. Okay, go on. um, Like, I think young... Have you heard of a writer called Young Pueblo? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I went to see him. He was in London last week. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, and he he was speaking about his new book, Inward. And um, he did a bit of a lecture and stuff. And then he's talking about um, how each person is deep is like is as deep as the ocean but we usually stay like surface level and never, not many people go go much deeper and that's why he kind of wrote his book inward and I kind of like sit with that same mentality like we're all who we need to be we're all where we are we're all where we need to be it's about actually using that time to act, to to dig deeper and find out what lies beneath the surface and well, how that goes completely yeah. counter to what we understand mm. what we learn on social media mm. right mm this whole idea of like finding yourself and it's like it's like searching for something that you've never had and and like you know right. trying to be a new character or trying to be somebody different and I was saying to, saying this to my friend again this morning um, he mentioned something like oh he's trying to figure out his next escape and I'm like we need to be very careful with language that we're using because I was like well what are you escaping from who are you escaping to? Like, because like we we say this. I mean, I got what he was saying. Triggered. <laughs> no, like, I got what he, I got what he was saying. Like, I got what he's saying. He's like, oh, I'm gonna just from, go somewhere. But I'm like, just be just be mindful of the language we're using because. Um, but the language is instructive, I think. Yeah, yeah. So like we're saying escape. If we're, just, if we're just honest about where we're at and what we're doing. So like, obviously, if you hate your job, if you hate the present life you're living, if you live at home with parents and you don't want to be there often, then yeah, you have, you're have you finding an escape, you're finding a way out. But sometimes I just look at it and think, all right, so what am I going to do next? And I'm really trying, for example, for me, I really want to travel as often as I can. I wouldn't call them, in, I wouldn't call them escapes because it's not like I'm going there and running away from anything. I'm going mm-hmm. there to explore and to just see something new. And I think that's kind of the mentality that I'm trying to trying to share with people. Interesting. You know I mean? Like, because it's just um, you know when we, we get caught up in this whole reinvention and re and it just becomes taxing because you see people reinventing themselves like every month and whatnot. But why can't it just be finding a new layer to yourself? You know, mm. I'm an escape artist. You're an escape artist. That's what. I- <laughs> 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 and but I'm comfortable with that. 
<laughs> where do you escape to? Where do you escape to? I don't and know why, where I escape to, but I know what I try to try to escape from. He's chasing you. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's if it's if I feel I'm being chased, mm. but rather I'm very sensitive to the world, as in. I take very personally what's happening in the world at the moment. Okay. I take very personally other people's apathy. I take personally the violence that's inflicted upon other people. And I, I'm already prone to kind of existential crises. And, and, and sometimes I just feel so completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it really hard to stay present and in the moment and fighting when sometimes it feels like, what's the point? Mm. And so I'm, I, I escape mm. I, away from it. I don't know where I go, but I just try to you know numb what? myself, I think. You know, one thing I've actually discovered this year, have you heard of the um, the attachment um, personalities? No. The attachment, what's it called? Um, they, there's several attachment types, and each person has a particular one. And, I've, and I realized that I'm an anxious avoidant. And what this means is when your child you have a certain level of connect connection with your parents mm-hmm. and if your parents are a bit more emotionally like devoid from you if they mm-hmm. kind of if they leave you to your own devices and you do your own thing you become um an avoidant because you're not because it's the it's how connected you are to your parents and how much love you kind of get from birth so <laughs> I, as, I'm, as gonna, I'm gonna have to add in the busy being black trigger buzzer again <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually so funny. it's actually so funny because now that i because once i found that when one of my friends said that to me I was like, okay, so you're just reading me for filth right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to scrape my face off the yeah. floor. And I was going through it like, I was just like, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? I think you know, you know Phil Samba. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was messaging Phil and I was like, Phil, what is this? Um, <laughs> why did you send me this? <laughs> Phil positive. does this. He, Phil is vicious. He just pops it out of nowhere and he's like, so you might be this. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want any more. I don't want any more things attached to me. But, um, yeah, my other friend sent this to me a while back as well. So when all these things keep reco- reoccurring, yeah. I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, once I figured out I was an anxious avoidant. And, the and so what do an- anxious avoidance do? So it's more How like... How does that manifest? It's, um, from, 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 the, from the read that they gave me, it was more like <laughs> um, uh, you become you become self-sufficient. You become, ind- you come, become independent from a very early age. That, therefore, you don't necessarily need your parents other than just the basic needs mm-hmm. to be fed, sheltered, whatnot. Otherwise, I have no, the emotional attachment that most children tend to have with their parents doesn't, it doesn't really like bond in yeah, that same yeah. way. So growing up, I'm just, I'm doing my own thing all the time. Like I'm in the, I'm like, I literally go to them. I'm, I mean, I turned 16, I've never had out of pocket money. I got a job. I paid for my own driver's license, driving lessons, passed my driver's test with my own money. Like it was all these mm. these things. Like when I went to uni, they were they were assured and fine in the fact that I would be okay because I knew that I would be fine. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I, totally. I like I called once or twice a week. It wasn't it wasn't the fact that I don't love them. It's just that you're not dependent. I'm not. De- I'm not dependent on that. But it also means that I run away from certain attachments. So, like, I don't necessarily <laughs> um, connect in that same way yeah. um, when it comes to things. Like, because I'm so self-sufficient and just, like, independent and I do my own thing. When it comes to, like, forming close relationships, so friends and, like, family and whatnot, I'm a bit like, 
Mm, yeah. And it's and this year has been about me really leaning back into being emotionally available to friends and just attaching them and to family, but also still kind of remembering that who I am is just, I do get on with what I need to do when I do like focus on the stuff that I want to focus on. And it's about finding that balance again. And it's been a bit of a, it's been an eye opener. There's been many tears. And it's been many, many, um, like, just sour days. But you grow, like, you grow in that. Totally. I know what that feels like. Mm. Um, I, and I say this all the time, and not to be nihilistic, but I often feel like I'm completely alone in the world, okay. which obviously sounds very, you know, <laughs> it sounds very dramatic. Okay. But what I mean by that is I find it very hard to ask for help because of this, the way I was raised, right? Not, not feeling like I could depend emotionally or financially or otherwise on anyone else around me. And that prevents me from asking for help, from for reaching out, and whether that's emotional help or, or operational help, as it were, with life. Um, and so that's something I'm working through. So I, I feel you yeah. on that front. It's a lot to do. Like it's a lot. I mean, it's just about trust and really trusting mm. in other things. And um, and you know, there's this whole thing that I've kind of been going through about learning to let go and just really figuring out because. I mean, the surest course to happiness is just really letting go of the things that we just that we really, really find or attach ourselves to. Okay, this is one of the things I want to unpick with you, because the narrative of the present moment in the self-development movement is this idea of happiness. And it, I think it's been this way for, for a few years now, right? That, that we are all in pursuit of this happiness and there is some sort of contentment to be found within ourselves. And I think part of this, I, I think it's difficult because we don't exist in a vacuum mm-hmm. as ourselves. And so this idea of letting go, codify that for me. Yeah. Right? How does Alex let go of things? Oh my God, it's hard. Like it's hard and I'm still processing a lot of stuff. And it's once I became, once I realized that I was holding on to things, that's when I decided I'm going to start trying to let go of a, of a lot more because it doesn't make much sense. But letting go of things, it's just, uh, I'd prefer, I'll do this with a story then because I started therapy in May. And when I went to therapy, um, we were talking about a whole lot of shit. I like had some really bad and toxic friendships and I had to get out of that space. Um, I was really assessing the relationship with my parents. I was doing all of that. And um, there was one thing that cropped up and she was very, my therapist, she sat down and she was like to me, listen, you need to figure out how you respond to situations because people can say, People can be who they are and say what they say to you, and they're going, they're going to say all these things. And they're going to act this way. How you react to it does affect the rest of what's going on. Mm. And when I thought about that, um, and I also picked up this book by Eckhart Tolle, it, it mentions the same thing. It's how you react to a situation that actually exacerbates what comes next. If you so think there's if a decision that we can make exactly, about our response exactly. to that situation that either lodges it within us or releases it. Exactly. So okay. the ego is saying, you are not shining at me. You're coming, they're coming yeah. back at it. That old bitch. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I come up with you, that we have this big thing in, like, in our generation about meet me with the same energy sort of thing. So if I'm coming at you, 
because I'm going through whatever crap I'm going through like, yesterday and I'm just being like, you're the first person I'm seeing today and I'm just like, I just got to get everything yeah, you're out. you're going to get it. And then you are giving that back to me. So you're just actually, we're just bouncing off two energies like in this room. And then where does it go? One person's going to have to leave with it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Um, and I realised that I was, I was really like, starting to argue with my dad and all, do all these things. And I was just figuring out like, you know, he's, he's going through his stuff, whatever he's going through. And there's no need for me to react in that way because I just, I can't take it personally. I shouldn't really take it personally, like some of the stuff, because I'm like, well, if he's going through that, I'm not going through that. It, what he's saying to me, I know he doesn't believe, but also it's got nothing to do with me at all. So why am I gonna sit here and why am I gonna sit here and get angry? It's just going to stress me out. Yeah. So I just move along. But um, that kind of, that was a lesson in that was a lesson in what in the beginning of figuring out how to let things go because I had a problem with ruminating on things and I had a, like a and I had the spiral. Um, you know, yeah. the, oh, I wish I had said that. Oh my god, yeah. why didn't I say oh, this? That's a really good comeback. Two hours after the fact, yeah, yeah. you like sitting up at night thinking I should have said this to this person. <laughs> And then you're just like, and I'm just like, number one, why do you have me sitting up at the sitting up at night? Not yeah. even not even them. Why am I sitting up at night like by my because I'm stressed out about what you said to me yesterday? Something that you probably don't mean, or something that um, I shouldn't even have to react to because it's not it's not my truth. It's not what I believe about myself. It's not those things. Yeah. It's difficult, it and, is. I, and I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to articulate what it means for me to to kind of like let go of things and it's hard it's, it's so hard it's a very hard process so I, I empathize with you when you say like you know you you react you react to these things you react to all of that and you're just like feel alone and all this stuff but it's about really just figuring out where what you can do like the little things that you can start to do to kind of be like well that doesn't matter that doesn't matter yeah you know yeah in execution that's very hard it's very difficult also I think many of us learn and this might go back to the kind of the relationship with the parents is that a non-reaction from a parent. I think my dad thinks a lot like that, right? Whatever he's carrying, what he thinks about me, whatever Josh is carrying is his, and yeah. I'm going to leave him with that. Mm-hmm. And so he's very good at not responding to my anger or my shade. <laughs> but also I think that I read that as doesn't care, yeah. is not interested in, yeah. can't be bothered to. There's a balance there, yeah. Right? And so I think that sometimes I think I react or ruminate on, one is a form of self-punishment, i.e. I did something wrong and I deserve to suffer for this, mm. but also because I, I get confused and upset that people don't respond to my pain in a way that I find suitable. suitable. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I think part of that is in lashing out again to yeah. say, right, I'm going to hurt you until you feel the pain I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is reflective of the current moment as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What we see on social media yeah. maybe. It's true. I mean, I get that. It's it's quite like it's like what I just said about the whole, you know, meet me with the same energy. Like why I'm saying all this, why aren't you responding to me? And why aren't you saying doing this to me? But once we kind of step out of the, once we step out of like that that feeling, when we, when we step out of our feelings like that, because mm-hmm, we have yeah. to we have to feel them. Yeah. We have to feel them. Like we can't, if you're angry, be angry. Like um, obviously don't take it out on the wrong people, but be angry. Like you, you feel the anger, feel where it's coming from. Like just try and address that. And then 
and then we figure out like what how to deal with it next. You mm. know what I mean? And it's always hard when somebody doesn't react in the way that you want them to react. And you're basically trying to say something but not say it and they're like, Well <laughs> I can't I can't read you, I can't understand what yeah. you're saying. And I find like communication was so big this year. It was like if I didn't I kept a lot of things to myself. I kept a lot of like pain. And like, things when they annoyed me, I kept it to myself. I bottled it up because that's kind of what I was conditioned to do growing up. Like, you know, when I was angry, I couldn't be because I had siblings to kind of like, like who looked up to me. I, you know what I mean? I had right. a mum who kind of relied on me to be stable as like the stable like child mm. in like the midst of the turbulent ones kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I had all those things and I had to kind of like, that and just kind of try and be sturdy myself but then that kind of manifested negatively over time because whenever I was upset I kept it to myself when I was angry I kept it to myself so it was a human absolute right so it was an internal storm that was going on but then when I did lash out now it's Alex is being dramatic Alex is this that (laughs) and the other Alex is like why are you overreacting all these different things so then it makes you confused even more angry because you're not being validated in the fact that you're angry, and so do you, do you th- do you think that that you are the Alex that you learned to be growing up? Does that make sense? You mentioned the stability, people looking yeah. up to you. Do I think I am do the you Alex think that you I are the Alex that you learned to be growing up? That you learned that you had to be growing up. I want to say yes, but I'm also becoming the Alex that I was destined to be, if that makes any sense. Yes, so it does. The, like, obviously we all have that inner child, that child that was kind of like needy or left alone or wanted some sort of affection or whatever, or was really chatty and bubbly or whatever. And then I think that kind of, that that, that child never, that never leaves you. Because I know that from what I understand is that when you're young and then that's like the purest part of your personality. Mm. So when you're like, like I remember, <laughs> I never forget when I was going through like um, photos of my mum and there's some photo album I find in my room. I was like, mum, was I a happy child? Because <laughs> I don't feel happy now. Um, and she's like, yeah, you were, like a, you were like a bubbly child. You were like all of these things. I've got pictures of me doing all of this. Wow. Uh, yeah. um, I just did some hand gestures in the studio, people. Um, <laughs> And I was doing all of that, and then she was like, and then she just said, "She doesn't, she doesn't know what happened." But I got to like fourteen, and then just like this cloud of darkness just came <laughs> over me, and I've just been like this guy all the way through. <laughs> so then it's like, so now when I'm like, when I'm reaching my twenties and um, going through my twenties, I'm kind of like developing. I'm like, I'm reigniting and reconnecting with who that child was. Mm. I feel that a lot. Yeah, yeah, so I'm laughing a lot more. I'm just being honest and open. I'm being dry-witted because that is what I do. And I'm just like really just getting on with it. But then also I'm still being the stable person that that I actually am because I am a stable person. It's just about finding that balance. Am I stable to the point where everybody like uses me as an emotional like, you know, backboard or emotional soundboard? Mm Mm-hmm. I was, I made that decision to kind of change that because it hurts me. So, but I am still stable for my friends and the people that need advice or that need a shoulder to, Interesting. Uh, do you know? Yeah, so, totally. It's a question I ask myself all the time. Mm, what's that? 
whether or not I'm the person I learned to be growing up, and particularly around the gay question, mm-hmm. because the 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 gay models <laughs> I I had growing mm-hmm. up were so few, and had a very limited understanding of of what it meant to be gay. Mm-hmm. But then also, there were, I had this positive feedback loop my entire life that said, if you want attention, you have to dance. You have to be the center of attention. And I find that so exhausting now. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, do I like the attention or am I programmed, f- like, is it satisfying some sort of need? Because in my, in my wh- when I'm most happy is either yeah. <laughs> when I'm on stage at an event okay. or when I'm completely alone in my room reading a book. There is, I'm not really good in between those moments. And I find that very interesting mm-hmm. that I'm not sure if, if what is the programmed part of me. If Does that make sense? Yeah, it it's does this kind of big ontological it, question. It, but It does make sense. Um, I had this conversation with my friend yesterday about multiple like identities mm. and about what that means. And um, Yeah, maybe actually it's all of the above. Yeah, like right, it's just right. like, like, and I was just like to him, you don't act like he was like, oh, he's got to be this, he's got to be that, he's this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you don't have to be, it's not, you don't have to be like one at one time, one at the next, you know what I mean? You that, That's literally who you are. Like, these are your identities. Right, right, okay. Like, these are literally <laughs> your identities. Like, right, one of um, them is not false, ex- ex- perhaps. Ex- exactly. Yeah, okay. And I, was like, I said to him, the only identity that I can probably, that I, that I cannot hide from the world is the fact that I'm a black man. Right, like, I literally, yeah. every room I walk into, this is a black man here. <laughs> like, is he Christian? Yeah. Is he West Indian? Is he African? All these different things come, like, after you've had the conversation. So it's like, you know, that's just, just deal with those kind of identities and those are all the things that make up make you up. But the whole, like, you know, you're best when you're alone and the best when you're, like, that's, that's perfectly fine. Like, these are two balances, I guess. Right, right. Do you, did you find out, yeah, did you find out, with, did you find out, whether you were ambivert, extrovert, or introvert, or did you have like the crossover? I have the crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found out that I was an ambivert, and like the percentages were really weird. Mm. Like fifty-one percent extrovert and like forty-nine percent introvert, and it was just, and it's um, it's very interesting to see because that because it is like that. I I love to have the one-on-one conversations. Mm-hmm. I like to be around people every so often. I do like my own quiet time. Mm but it has to feel right. Okay. Totally, and there's a performance aspect that I'm becoming increasingly uh, life, impatient life with. Life is a performance, Josh. <laughs> Which I used to love, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the world is a runway. <laughs> um, and I feel, <laughs> and I don't know if it's because of what happened last year, but increasingly I feel I wanna hide. Okay. And and not because I'm, I, I don't wanna be me, mm-hmm. but rather, it, it, there, there are sometimes I think that the the world has a way of reinforcing both the positive and the negative in yeah. your life, right? And amplifying both. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a positive feedback loop for everything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's it's trying to, and it, it's, it links to a question I have about our identity and uh, which I want to talk to you about. You know, you said you walk into a room and the first thing people notice is that you're a black man, right? Mm-hmm. And... I wonder if your work, if the way that you view the world is connected to your blackness and whether or not who you are exists separate to your blackness. <laughs> That's a big question. Okay, so <laughs> repeat that question again. So who I... So Alex. Yes. Um, you've, got, you've got a 
your introspection, your self-reflection, your pursuit of positivity and happiness and finding out who you are. Yes. The lens through which you see the world is that the lens of do do you see the world as a black man? Or is the way you encounter the world separate to your blackness, i.e., are you still Alex without your blackness? Hmm. Interesting question. Should I provide some context? Yes. Okay, because I, I have this I wanna know I wanna know if I am Josh because I feel perhaps more than my blackness, that my gayness is the locus of my identity. (laughs) Like, I am nothing without it. (laughs) All right, I see where you're going with this. Okay. And so this question I'm asking myself now is like, oh, well, okay. Well, then you add that, the black queer intersection, which becomes another, there there are perhaps loci of my identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which hang upon these things, mm-hmm. and certainly over the past few years, they inform literally everything. Yep. <laughs> Every decision I make about who I am, what I believe, and what I think is is kind of centered on these identities. Yeah. And so the question I'm asking myself now is, do I exist outside of them? Mm. Would I still be me outside of my blackness? I think I would. Okay. I think I would. Um, I'm really... Like, I happen to be black. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily write black things, for example, like, the, the like particularly black stories. But if I do, if I was to write a short story, then my characters would be black. Because by virtue of me being black, I'm right. going to write black characters right, just right. because that's what I, that's what I see. And that's what I want to see in a book mm. you see what I mean like and we don't see enough of these things if I'm writing a script or a treatment my characters are going to be a majority black so that's what I do like it's not necessarily going to be I'm not going to I'm not going to ignore any of that I'm not trying to like quote unquote transcend yeah. race because yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is actually just because I'm a black man and mm. I think that is very very obvious do you see what I'm saying totally and I, I asked the question not that it's a bad thing yeah, know, right yeah. to, 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 to understand ourselves within our identities i.e. within our obvious identities i.e. Yeah. blackness and queerness but rather yeah. to I got to thinking about it partly because the the New York Times magazine did the cover with 32 black writers and the woman who interviewed them all um, said in her in her piece about it that, you know, white writers have never had to write for any other audience. They've never had to justify their whiteness. They They just write. And so do our black people allowed to write, think, act, move, create and not have it be about they should be able this to. life, right? This, yeah. this 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 blackness. They should be able to. I mean, there is va- there is value in the, in black stories being written. Totally, there's so much value. Like even like Shira's story, for example. Did, did you watch Shira's story? No. So rap man, have you heard of rap man? No. He's, been, he's just been signed by um, Rock Nation. Okay. He's a British rapper. He did this storytelling. Um, he's kind of he's utilized grime and rap to do storytelling, like a three part kind of story think trapped in the closet trapped in the closet uh, oh, by, by that man he who must not be yeah, named by that man yeah. uh, but bring it to 21st century okay black British scene okay and like familiar faces like Jovan Wade and Purcell Scott um, 
and he's done that and like and those are the stories like and this and I feel like there's in this life there are particular people that are that should be writing particular and talking about particular stories and because that's just their that's just what's inv- invocated in them like to do that and people like Ratman definitely should be writing those stories mm. and those so those stories are needed but also black writers and black creatives should be able to create things because they want to create them not because they're trying to shift the way like just add another layer to black culture right i mean because they are going to do that by virtue anyway because they are black this is what i'm saying Mm. so me writing something i will be writing a piece but it won't necessarily be about them being black for example but i'm a black writer Mm. so it will kind of like fit with the black writing stuff but sure. but the book or the piece should or the piece of art or the creation should be accessible mm. to people Does it, am I making sense? To- yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. But that's just the way I think about it there's some people that think that black writers should write black things and that's absolutely fine right it's both end it's absolutely fine I don't know. That's a very interesting question, though. Do I exist outside of myself? <laughs> well, damn, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to go back and meditate on this as well. because Well, what is the essence of us, right? Yeah. And I think that I use identity politics in the positive. I think it's a good thing. Um, um, I, I, I think it, it encourages an awareness about other people's identities as well. Mm-hmm. And because one of the things I'm obsessed with is how we create space for other people around us to uh, allow for, and I guess account for, who they are, what they're going through, that baggage they bring with them. Because it's only if you get, if you allow that space, that you also allow the space for the good that those people bring Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in this, in this age of needing to connect with people on a more substantive and generative level, I wonder if we have to go beyond the physicality. Obviously we do, but because for black people, the physicality so clearly defines the experience for so many of us, I think getting past that into the essence of who we are, it it, it feels important, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's you, your lived experience is informed by your lived experience, yeah. right? Your your view on the world is informed by your lived experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's just, a mental exercise, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good to think about. Um, I sometimes uh, there was a point I had an issue with the fact that people were so caught up on the identities that they weren't actually trying to just be good people yeah yeah still and happening yeah I was really like you know if you are like okay so you're, you're you've got this cause you push this cause you push this you push this until that cause gets knocked until somebody like you know like something like something knocks it for example or something goes wrong with that cause you're all of a sudden all over the place and you're like, oh my God, I've got no reason for being. And I'm just like, you know, there's always a way to kind of like, like, you should just, I feel like it's just about really trying to develop and just trying to figure out like what your presence means in this space, or mm. what your means, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you are creating this space, you are creating, um, you know, creating connections and trying to like form bonds and do all these things. And that's kind of what it should be about. It should be about the, the person like building relationships and interpersonal kind of mm. like um, struggle and all of that stuff it shouldn't be about trying to tear people down because they don't necessarily agree with you obviously there are people that are insufferable so 
like you know and, and there's people that have really wild thoughts really really wild thoughts and it's not necessarily about you actually trying to like um, you don't have to agree with them you don't like they don't have to agree with you it's just like you either you can just choose not to be around them and just choose not to engage in those topics with them depending on who they are but you know like it's not okay, I, mean, I guess it's, I want to say it's not that deep but it's not yeah. it's not I mean I feel like yeah there is a way to kind of um, just there is a way just to find peace on this thing because you're never gonna you're gonna when you're always riled up for me anyway like I don't like being angry when I do feel angry I feel out of control mm. and I have to kind of like remember it and I have and I and I when I'm angry I do let it happen I do feel it and it, and it doesn't feel good for me some people like some people some people thrive off their anger no they use it yeah they use it and I, and like and it's great like sometimes they use it but when they channel it into like writing or they channel it into sport or they channel it into something I get it it's just that um, for me personally it's a really painful exercise what makes you angry? what makes me angry? I hate seeing I hate seeing people belittled when people are genuinely really think that they're above certain people or really just like and they and they talk down to them because you can think you're you can you can think whatever you think about yourself, but when you start to talk down to people, that's when I start to get a bit. Oh, I'm not sure whether I'm not sure whether I like that sort yeah. of thing. It makes me really uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. And then I just like I hate seeing. I just hate seeing those things. I hate seeing the inequality. I hate seeing all of the pain that people have to go through. Like there are days when I'm walking down the street and I see like and I'm and I'm looking at all of these homeless people. I just like it. Tears, it tears me up kind of thing and I see it I'm like this is awful I don't have anything to give or to mm. share so that's another thing I don't have that to be able to give to you but I don't like the fact that you have to be there right, so yeah. what is going on like and it just makes me just start thinking about the world in this really weird way because I'm like and then I start to address my own like privilege and then it just goes crazy <laughs> and then I start to just do madness on the inside um, but those are the kind of things that get me angry like um, I don't like being undermined either I don't because yeah, you know like mm-hmm. you know we've like we all I'm trying to build up my own self-esteem and my own thing and then if I'm trying to like assert myself and then people are undermining me it just makes me feel like unheard unseen and these are the kind of things that I had to work through to, to work past mm-hmm. I had to work past the fact that I, was, I felt invisible I had to work past the idea that I felt unheard unloved and all that stuff so when I'm actually when I actually when people try that try that with me like it's all of me to kind of like not react in like like I'm gonna like go at you sort yeah. of thing. so it's all of me to do that that's my so. question when people do that it's like who hurt you <laughs> yeah right <laughs> this is what I mean I'm just like, like I'm be your like, own person yeah, this is, this <laughs> do your a, own thing stop looking at me this is what I'm saying like just mind your business because I'm really minding mine um, and it's just like I mean, and yeah, so, I mean, those are the kind of, those are the things that I can think of at the top of my head that make me angry. Yeah. I mean, we never know what's in the moment. So, yeah. What makes you angry? And, uh, it sounds I feel like you're a fire sign, so you're probably going to I am a fire sign so of Aries, so everything, but. <laughs> you're going to just like, <laughs> burn everything. Um, you're on the wrong side of you. I thoughtless people, um, as in people who are careless with their, with the way they treat other people. Um, and a, a lot of what makes me angry is a lot of uh, of the type of young man I became, if that makes sense. So people who don't know how to, um, people who aren't self-aware. 
because I went through several years of not being very self-aware, mm. and we you know we know what happened. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I think a lack of self-awareness is something that it it, it yeah it winds me up mm. because I think if people were more reflective, if they if they were more comfortable thinking about who they are and why they think the way they do, if they evaluated their actions, if they reflected upon the decisions they make, they might be less of an asshole. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it really winds me up. It, yeah. it really, it really irritates me because, again, it's just not living in a vacuum thing, mm-hmm. right? And we each bring with us whatever it is that we bring with us. Definitely. And a lack of compassion also winds me up, right? That because too. we can extend compassion. It's not hard to do. It takes a moment, and I've got, I'm getting better at it. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not a Zen Buddha by any chance, but of not, yeah. right. But it, the compassion and self awareness, I think, are critical mm. for us. Well, this perhaps leads us on, and we don't. We have about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. And so this probably leads us on. You, you said in an Instagram post, mm-hmm. healing, healing is the only option, and that just that washed over me. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so simple. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Healing is the only option. Um, I think that was the, my 2019 kind of mantra, wasn't it? Um, healing is the only option because I spent a lot of 2018 in pain. And I actually had to sit down and think to myself about what I want to bring into the new year, how I want to bring myself into the new year, the energy I want to bring, and the people I want to bring into the new year with me. And... Um, in order for me to be the best person that I can perceive, possibly perceive in my mind, I need to heal the the things that have quote unquote broken me. Um, and whether that means I have to heal the relationships that have kind of like faltered around me and kind of reassess what makes a good friend, makes a good partner, what makes a good how I could be a better son or how my parents could be better parent. You know, what I mean, how mm-hmm. that how I can kind of like fit into that. For example, with the whole family situation, a lot of times we look to our parents and with expectations of who they should, who we think they should be. Oof. And <laughs> yeah, and, and when we have to, that's like a kick in the nuts. You know, yeah. it's like, and I find that, and I'm like, I remember going through like the whole of like this year and last year, being like, why couldn't they have done this? Why couldn't they have been that? Like, and then I'm like, you know what? My parents are who they are. They done. They've done their best. Like, I mean, they've raised me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, I'm, I'm here doing the damn thing. I'm so here doing. Something the, right. I'm here doing. They've done something right. Like, so I need to heal what's going on with me in in that space, and I need to start figuring out how I'm going to interact better with with them. Friendships, um, as I said earlier, I went through a whole lot of toxic ones in the past year and a bit, and it was really just about trying to. And again, it's like, what kind of friends do I want around me? Who do I want around me? Who do I want to be able to share like beautiful moments with and just have these great moments with and like especially with a partner as well, whatever. Like who do I want to share these these moments with? And it's just like I kind of want that to to kind of formulate itself in the new year. Mm. Sort of who do you want to share these moments with? Just somebody who with people and somebody who's just like it's just like open to the positivity of the world or just like really want to want to see active change and like you know does and you know brings I'm I keep saying positivity but I just want to be I just want to feel good 
around people. Mm. I want to have conversations like this. And this is why I start in my podcast as well. Like, I want to have conversations like that. I want to be able to to see, like, what people's journeys are or, you know, I want to be able to just have, like, an honest and candid conversation about mm. things. And um, that's kind of what I want to see in the new year. That's what I want to see, like, going forward, just well, with, uh, with regards to what I'm doing and mm. around. I'm not sure what my vis- whether my vision is what everybody else's is. But at the same time, I'm really just trying to to kind of hone in on that. And um, yeah, and I think we and what I'm looking at, and when I see things on social media, when I see things in, in outside of that, I see a lot of people in pain, a lot of people, um, some people really close to me a lot of the time, really really struggling with a lot of things, and I'm not there. To, I'm not there to heal them, but I'm there to like you know if they want to embark upon that, I'm there to help. Like I'm like I'm. I'm your friend, I'm your friend, I'm dead. You know what I mean? So that's why healing's the only option because, man, like, who wants to, I mean, if you've got like a crook back for like your whole, for like a, for so long, like, you need to fix that (laughs) so you can walk straight. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you can't be out here just, can't be out here hunched over. Let's walk tall. That's my thing. That's beautiful. Thank you. What do you think healing is? Overcoming, overcoming, um, working through, moving on, doing better. When you heal, when you heal a wound, it leaves a scar, but, and the memory doesn't necessarily go, Mm. but you still continue writing with the same hand right if you've mm-hmm. got a scar on your hand for example you still continue writing with the same hand like you continue like it's just about you know, you learn how to deal with it if you if you've hurt your foot and you probably can't walk in the same way but you continue walking like it's not you know yeah. so it's just about like I'm healing but like I've learned those lessons or sometimes you don't learn those lessons and it comes back around to you but you've learned that lesson it's altered. It's altered the way that you are going to go forward now. Totally. So totally. therefore, you just you've learned that, and you say, right, cool. I know what I want from a friendship now because that friendship was trash. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't want that to come back to me. Yeah. So, and, I, and I can read the signs. Like I yeah. can see the red flags. And and also, I've got people around me who'll be like, Alex, woo, do you not remember what happened? You know, in uh, <laughs> June <laughs> 2017. Yeah. yeah. We don't want that for you now. Mm. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'll be like, I. And that's what I wanted from a friend. And that's what I asked for. And it came. And therefore, like, you know, mm. and then I'm learning. So, yeah, it's moving forward. It's doing everything that you should be doing and learning lessons. Just keep on going. What's healing to you? Acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a, and, and all of the things you said. Mm. Mm. But I think a big part of it for me this year has been acceptance. And that has brought the most... That's brought me the closest to healing mm-hmm. and to peace is to under is to say to myself, "I did that. That happened." And and you know, you you said earlier in our conversation about letting go, mm. which I think is so. Which I, I think letting go is a process. I think you have to let go over and over and over again. Perhaps sometimes of the same thing. And I think part of letting go is acceptance, is to say, is, is to say this happened. 
this is the attendant pain that comes with that. And, and learning to accept your behavior, the decisions that you made, the decisions that other people made because you, you, you don't have any control over those things. Um, and I think healing is also a promise mm-hmm. to yourself to say, I don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to, I don't know the best salve for this wound, but I'm going to look for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So to close, what do you hope for? In what's like for when? It's like, purposely broad. Purposely broad, okay. Um, <laughs> what do I hope for? I hope for reconciliation. With? Uh, just with ideas. Okay. With, with, uh, with bonds that were broken prematurely. Probably, probably some would argue that they broke at the right time, but sometimes you just want peace of mind with regards to various things. Um, what do I hope for? I just hope for like progress and continual growth and just happiness. Honestly, like that is all I could possibly ask for at this moment in time. Alex Reeds is a content creator, writer, and podcaster. You can find links to his work in the show notes. Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride and Blackout UK, and to you, the listeners. Remember this, your support doesn't cost any money. Retweets, shares, ratings, and reviews all help, so please keep the support coming. Finally, thank you to Anthony Giles, a queer black Grammy-nominated producer based in New York City for these bomb-ass Busy Being Black beats. Ashe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.